This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 294. Living content. Her hands were full of rings, bracelets, necklaces, chains and other treasures. Torrents of lava were erupting and pouring down from Mount Vesuvius in AD 79. As she fled, this woman was not prepared to leave behind her valuable jewels. Encumbered by her treasures, she was overwhelmed by the rain of ashes from the volcano and was buried under it. During the course of modern rebuilding operations, her petrified body was found outside the area of the buried city of Pompeii, an ancient Roman port. Her body was unearthed in a sea of jewels. She lost her life in an attempt to save her treasures. Jesus warned us that ultimately you have to choose between money and God. In the New Testament, there's no ban on private property or making money or even enjoying the good things of life. The command to the rich, however, is that they do not put their hope in wealth. A selfish accumulation of wealth and an unhealthy obsession with material things will never bring contentment. What promises security leads to perpetual insecurity. Ultimately, contentment only comes from putting your hope in God. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The promise of God's word is that those who put their hope in God find a firm foundation and take hold of the life that is truly life. From Psalm 119 Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. Hope in God's word and invest your time in it. Time is your most valuable possession. You can make more money, but you cannot create more time. How you spend your time is evidence of where your hope lies. If your hope is in God and his word, then you will invest time in them. Psalmist places his hope firmly in God's word, for I have put my hope in your word. What does this mean in practice? Spend time seeking to understand God's word, meditate on it, delight in it, and learn it off by heart. When you're going through difficult times, continue to trust God's word. Your testing has taught me what's true and right. Trust in God's faithfulness, unfailing love and compassion. Spending time with God is the way in which God breathes his wisdom into you. He comforts you so that you can live, really live, live whole and holy, soul and body, and always walk with your head held high. If you live like this, it will encourage others to do the same. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me. Likewise, it is encouraging for us to see other people who are hoping in God's word. Lord, as I put my hope in your word today, may I be an encouragement to others. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me. New Testament from 1 Timothy 6 If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. 
They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a mean to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Hope in God and not in wealth. The Apostle Paul begins this passage by warning against those who teach false doctrines, rejecting godly teaching and the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ. These people have an unhealthy interest in controversies and disputes. These false teachers cause constant friction between people of corrupt mind who've been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a mean to financial gain. Paul's words about wealth in this passage apply to everyone, especially to those of us who live in the West, where we are rich in comparison to so much of the world. Paul writes, Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Don't be tempted to think that you would be more content if you had more money, provided that you have food and clothing. Be content with what you have materially. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment is worth more than all the wealth you could possibly accumulate. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul is often misquoted as saying money is the root of all evil. What he actually says is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money can do a lot of good. But the love of money is extremely dangerous. Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. Whether you are very wealthy or have scarcely any money, the danger is the same, to love money. The temptation is there, whether it is to love money you already have or money that you would dearly love to have. Instead of loving and pursuing money, love and pursue a righteous life, a life of wonder, faith, love, steadiness, courtesy. Paul urges Timothy to fight the good fight of the faith. The fight starts with our hearts and minds focused on Jesus. He does not command them to give all their money away, but not to put their hope in it. If you get your attitude towards money sorted out, 
it will sort out almost every other area of your life. Paul gives five ways to sort out your attitude to money. First, don't be full of yourself. One of the dangers attached to wealth is arrogance. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves. Second, don't put your security in wealth. We enter the world penniless and we'll leave it penniless. Wealth provides only a false security. Quit being so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. The real measure of our wealth is how much we would be worth if we lost all our money. Third, put God first. Put your hope in God, who richly provides you with everything for your enjoyment. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the good things of life. God provides all good things for our enjoyment, but recognize that it all comes from Him and it all belongs to Him. Fourth, do all the good you can. Paul urges the wealthy to do good and to be rich in helping others. Don't focus on how much money you can make, but how much good you can do. It is possible to be materially rich but spiritually poor. Equally, it's possible to be materially poor, but rich in good deeds. Fifth, share your resources. John Wesley said, When I have money, I get rid of it quickly, lest it find a way into my heart. Generosity is the way to break the hold of money in our lives. Be extravagantly generous. Everything you own ultimately comes from God. Therefore, be willing to share it with others. Francis Bacon said, Money is like manure. It's not good unless it's spread around. Lord, help us not to put our hope in wealth, but to be content and to put our hope in you. Help me to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Old Testament from Jeremiah 46 and 47. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, declares the Lord. Hope in the Lord and not in powerful people. Some people put their hope in riches. This is what the Moabites and Ammonites did. Others put their hope in powerful people as the Egyptians did. The prophet Jeremiah realized that the Lord, Yahweh, was not just the national God of Israel, but the Lord over all nations of the world. He was given a message by the Lord for Egypt and the other nations. He warned against relying on Pharaoh in spite of the fact that he was one of the most powerful people in the world. Those who trust in Pharaoh are heading for trouble. By contrast, he promises that those who serve him, but you, my servant, you have nothing to fear. There's no need to worry. Depend on it. I'm on your side. I'm not finished with you yet. In Christ, he promises to you also peace, security, and contentment. He is with you. You do not need to be afraid. Ultimately, it is the Lord alone who is our hope. As Pope John Paul II put it, Christ is the source of hope for the whole world. Jesus Christ is our hope hope. Lord, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Help me always to put my hope 
in you and serve you only. May my trust never be in money, powerful people or anything else. May my trust and contentment always be in you. Pepper adds, Psalm 119 verse 79 says, May those who fear you turn to me. There are so many things I'm tempted to fear in life, but there is only one right fear, and that is of the Lord.